0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. All right gang, we've got him out of his cryogenic chamber. Uh, he's checked his crypto portfolio and looking pretty dapper and pretty fresh considering he's had about 2 hours sleep and all kinds of craziness the morning after the night before Ben Isaacs.
1: Yeah, I've had a series of small naps. Um, It does feel like a while since I had a proper night's sleep, but I had a, a little nap before the draft. I had an hour and a half before the draft. Then I had an hour nap after the draft. And a couple of hours before we're recording now, I had another kind of hour and a half draft. I feel a bit jet lagged. I don't know what time it really is. I just feel like I'm... I just feel like I'm still sat in the green room with Will Levis. Uh, You are poor Will Levis. We're going to talk about him a lot,
0: I know. And uh, obviously, based on that intro, we are recording this Friday, round two tonight. So by the time a lot of you are listening to this, Will Levis might be be picked. We will uh, nevertheless speculate as to where he might land in a segment which will date so quickly. It's not even funny, but really, we're here to look back, pick the bones, through the bones of round one. I was thinking as you were talking, Ben, and emphasizing your sleep deprivation, and if that parlayed out for the next week, so you basically had a couple of hours sleep tops peppered with a few of these so-called power naps you talk about, would your picks, if you were suddenly quantum leaped into a GM's body, be as crazy as Brad Holmes is with the lines? Oh my God.
1: I still don't think it could be that. I still don't think it could be at that level. I don't know if he if he's been like kind of like lost in a darkness chamber and like too afraid to like actually close his eyes and go to sleep. I don't know. Maybe it
0: is quantum leap. Maybe that's what's happened. Maybe maybe it's Dr. Sam Beckett. It's, it's a better
1: explanation than anything I can think of. You know, it gives it 12.
0: All right. We're going to talk about that crazy picks. I know that um a lot of you've got in touch with the mailbags mail about the NC show. Um you and uh has actually speculated that the Lions reach twice. He poses that question. The Lions reached twice. They took Jack Campbell, the backer at 18. So crazy picks, picks you love. Everything you need to know about the first round of Ben's hot takes on it, come in your way. Let's start right at the top. Bryce Young, no surprise, of course. Sporks, books had him at like 20 to one on as the first overall pick. Um, looking at the situation he's landed in, I guess on the positive side, first of all, in Carolina, low ceiling. Franchise-wise, year one, right? It's they... uh, 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 No one is expecting much year one. He's got Reich, he's got Jim Caldwell, Josh McCown, of course, as well in the mix. So really good quarterback minds around him. So it is best-case scenario in that respect for a rookie quarterback to muddle on through, learn the ropes without anybody expecting too much. right? Or is that possible now in the NFL in 2023? Can you have a a Peyton Manning season one indie two and 14, two and 15, I guess it would be now equivalent and not
1: at least raise suspicion that you might be a bust. I think it's really difficult now. I think if we were, if we were getting a bit quantum leapy and we were having somehow um, that season in the, in the here and now, I think Peyton Manning would get so much stick. Like there would be people labeling him a bust before the end of September. Now, the thing is, is that it was his season and let's not, you know, let's not digress too much into Peyton Manning's rookie season. But I think, I think it's an important thing that you, you've raised. That, that year Sky showed quite a few Colts games mm. and considering that this was a team that was not very good. And clearly they were showing those games because there was interest in Peyton Manning. So I remember watching a lot of, of Peyton Manning a lot, and not a whole lot of Ryan Leaf. They were not showing a lot of Ryan Leaf. Watched a lot of Peyton Manning, and you could see all the things he was doing well, and you could see mistakes he was making. And we know now, like Peyton Manning is such an intelligent player that he was learning from those mistakes. And you learn, you learn from mistakes if you are intelligent. Idiots will make mistakes and think, "Oh, that was just bad luck," or "Oh, that wasn't on me." And Peyton Manning's not that sort of guy. I don't think Bryce Young is not that sort of guy. Now, I'm sure that like social media, if he is, if he is struggling, as you could say, Peyton Manning was struggling, they'll be all over him and say, "Oh, this guy's too small to be in the NFL. Why did they pick him? Why did they not pick C.J. Stroud? He was, you know, you could say one A and one B. If if somehow Anthony Richardson is doing great things, they'd be like, "Oh, the the Panthers, they're idiots. They could have got the next Cam Newton. They could have got." It's so difficult, because and I think that not- creates
0: this self perpetuation. It, it can do, and I think that can shake the narrative. And that we talk a lot about quarterback situation. Uh, I guess those formative years. How integral it is that you at least, I guess, break even after a couple of years and not have too many hits, too much, too many issues, too much confidence denting mistakes, too many of those. Because as you do, I think as we as we've seen with Zach Wilson, is maybe not the only reason why he's proved to be a bust so far in his career. And you never know; there might be a redemption arc for Zach, but that is a big part of it, right? That and that social media intensity and the, just the general multimedia glare. Now, I I think it does it does make it harder. The other thing that I'm worried about with Bryce Young, again, just playing that through. Not long term, is he going to be okay? But if you accept the fact that Back difficult years early on might significantly shape the trajectory. Whereas if you'd had a little bit more of a fighting chance, you build on that confidence, you build on that promise and actually parlay it the other way. He's receiving call. He's going to start with as of now. And I know, look, there's X number of rounds of the draft uh, remaining. And who knows, maybe a few other bits of business to get done. But right now today, DJ Shark. Okay. We love, we love a bit of DJ, but I wouldn't, he's not a top tier receiver. An no. ageing Adam Thielen, again, a brilliant player, but he's on the wrong side of it now. Marshall, I mean, what well, he's going into year three, needs a bit big upside. The, the Panthers are talking him up, but there's a lot of upside needed there.
1: Worry about this. I worry about the lack of, of weapons around. You know who would have... You know what would have been great for Bryce Young? If Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore were there. And obviously... They let them go. Say let them go. That that implies they just let them walk out the door. They they used those players to be able to try to build a new team, which makes a lot of sense if that's what you feel you need to do. You need to overhaul the roster. You know the Panthers were not a quarterback away from having having a kind of team that could get to the Super Bowl. So they 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 decided to kind of blow it up. They got rid of their two best skill position players. That just makes it so difficult though, and it's we've talked before about how this is not a good class to be trying to get a a number one wide receiver there's there were a couple available maybe and they're gone so they, there's not going to be that you know they, they may find a diamond in the rough who does something fantastic but i would say it's it's unlikely and i think i think bryce young and this is no knock on him he's going to have a really difficult year now zach wilson obviously had a very difficult year and had a lot of criticism but part of that was people saying Like, there were all these other quarterbacks available. It was a great year to draft a quarterback. And out of those top-ranked quarterbacks, even at the time, people like me and lots of others were saying, well, you picked the worst of those. Like, clearly the worst. Clearly the guy who, if someone was going to flop, it was going to be him. Why would you choose him at at that point? But GMs and coaches will study even more game film than any of us ever can their jobs are reliant on this. They're looking for, they're looking for somebody to think, right, okay, they fit our scheme. They fit our culture. Whether Zach Wilson really did, I don't know, but the Jets must have believed it. It's not like, it's not like someone kind of like rushing into a sandwich shop and thinking, oh, I'll just have that one. You know, this is, this is a huge decision. This is decision decision that, you know, makes and breaks a career. So what you're saying is it's not like the opening
0: couple of minutes of draft day where the (laughs) Seahawks are deciding on draft day what to do with their pick, which incidentally, I just want to shout out everybody that got in touch with us at the NC Show who not only watched draft day this week and showed us pictures of them watching draft day, but particularly those who were doing it at work, which we... um, Amazing. Which we uh, thoroughly endorsed. Uh, So fine work there. And uh, there's a draft day themed question coming up a little bit later, which I will come to in a moment. Okay, so... Let's put this all in context. We are not Panthers fans and Bryce Young fans out there. We are not trying to throw shade and suggest that it's a bad pick and that he's a risky pick. We're just looking at both sides of it, and it's interesting. But I feel they made the right decision. Agreed. quarterback Quarterback's on the board. CJ Stroud, who was a quarterback they were linked to for a long time in terms of speculation up until, what, about a month ago, I guess, that uh, everything changed. He goes to two. He goes out to, I should say, to the Texans who fill their boots, of course. They do the deal with the Cardinals and they lock in the two and three. They take Stroud and they take Will Anderson, generational edge rusher. Same issue with Stroud, right? Robert Woods, love a bit of Robert Woods, but he's not a... Nico Collins, and Noah Brown. And they got Schultz at tight end as well. Not great. <laughs> not no. a really, really rock world right now. Do you think he starts week one? Stroud.
1: yeah i think i think he does i think they're gonna have to and you know, it reminds me of um back in the like back in the 80s when the teams that would pick yeah, teams would ter- turn things around a lot slower in those days you would be it'd be unlikely to ever go um kind of worse to first in your division at, at that point um because free agency was not was not what it is so you would get you would get these quarterbacks taken by really bad teams who were taking a while to put together any sort of roster, and that is very much how how these two teams are. These two teams are bare bones and have picked the quarterbacks that they want to build around. Now I love how aggressive the Texans were, and they obviously they they it's a weird situation. They got a lot of criticism for winning that last game of the season because it took them out of the the first spots, which maybe doesn't make that much of a difference because it might have been. They preferred CJ Stroud, and they were very happy that okay, this is how it this is how it worked out. The trading up to get to get Will Anderson, who I think is the most talented player in this draft. I absolutely love. They had a lot of uh, draft capital um, because of the Deshaun Watson deal. They had picks from Cleveland. This this means that they have got the like the cornerstone of their offense they would hope, and the cornerstone of their defense they would hope. And it's rare that you can be there half an hour into the draft and be like, yep. Okay, we've got we've got hopefully the two faces of the franchise ready to go. We can build around these guys. Now that doesn't make a team, but you've got to have those. You've got to have those guys, and now they've got those guys. Like Will Anderson, if he can if he can get near what JJ Watt did, then they will be thrilled. And maybe this is damned with faint praise. I don't think so. Let's 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 take the off the field issues out of Deshaun Watson's um career in houston if cj stroud is a deshaun watson without off the field issues and will anderson is something close to jj watts that's the start of that's the start of a franchise that's the start of a team that is
0: going somewhere i love it yeah okay all right thumbs up from ben then for the texans being bold and speaking of which that's exactly of course what the colts were first two quarterbacks off the board so the colts go for anthony richardson who as we talked about on the show is maybe the most polarizing player in the draft in terms of opinion he has got it's very little sample size to him as a quarterback 13 starts is all he had at florida he's got a completion percentage which everybody i must have heard this about eight thousand times in the last 24 hours he's completed less than 54 percent of his passes we know the risk factor he's not uh well, I mean, interestingly, we're talking about Strouders. I've seen mock boards, and we, we've we've talked a bit about this too, haven't we? The most prototypical quarterback, although I think that definition is starting to perhaps age now. as mm. the the whole league changes? But to 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 put it in some kind of context, if you're talking about you know uh, a Matthew Stafford kind of player versus. Uh, a fields kind of player, then, then Richards is definitely in the latter camp. And so we know that there's a risk factor here. Do you like what the Colts did here? If you love what the Texans did, and I guess we like what the Panthers did too. I think that's a, it's a smart play. There's every chance that Bryce Young is going to be a top 10 quarterback over the next decade. What about what the Colts
1: did for Anthony Richardson? Is it just, do you like the madness? I oh boy. Um, okay, let me let me say this about Anthony Richardson. I love everything about him apart from his game tape. His game tape isn't very good. Um, there are obviously highlights on there, but there are more times where you think, "Why did he do that? What is he thinking here? What what? Why throw that? Oh my! He is a very frustrating guy to watch if you if you do look at those starts. And when he when he finally got the starting gig in Florida, he looked really good for a couple of games to the point where people were saying, "Oh." heisman trophy contender look at this guy and then he just kind of fell off a cliff and it was like oh okay he's kind of that guy where he's got all the physical tools he can't seem to put a game together he can have he can have like a magic moment followed by some terrible plays however he does have he's got everything else you know he's got he's got these he's got the physical traits he can do he can do everything Whether he will actually be able to put it together, I don't know. He's a much riskier pick than the guys already taken. And in some ways, a much riskier pick than Will Levis. He's got a very, very low floor, but Mm. a very, very high ceiling. So this is a theme
0: that I guess we'll we'll come back to uh, a few times, really. And you touched upon it with regards to players... Getting selected because there is a clear sense of identity from the front office and the wider coaching staff that that's the right fit for us, and we'll, we'll absolutely talk about this with Detroit because I know we opened throwing uh, throwing a few gags their way. But the counter argument is it's not a reach when you know this is this is the right guy for us. Now I know you've got strong opinions on this, but but humor me for a minute. It's the old. Give him a shout out, my old friend Mike Mayock, but that was very much his MO, wasn't it? When it looked like the Raiders were reaching at times and Mayock was reaching when he was GM, it was because he was clear, this is the guy I want for for our system. He's the right fit, character, uh, and the intangibles as well. So I don't care if this draft Nick has in 10 places down and you know, I I don't want to risk that for all we know, he's going to be available at this point because we might lose him and we really want him, right? So on that basis, I... I, you know, I get that you are sometimes going for it irrespective of um, what the general consensus says. With that in mind, do you think because of Steichen in there now and what he did in Philly with Hurts, they don't care about 13 starts in Florida and his game tapes bonkers and, and he's raw as anything. In fact, because he's so raw, because of the Hurts progression – He's seen him and said, "Yep, yeah, he's my guy. I can fix him. I got him sorted. Let's roll."
1: So it's not a risk at all. It's it's smart poker from the Colts. Well, it, it certainly makes a lot of sense for the Colts, and I would much rather a team failed by really believing in the guys that they want rather than just, "Oh, let's tr- let's trade down and just get a really low-risk Guy, a, a kind of low ceiling, high floor guy. Right. Because if you stack, if you stack your roster with just those guys, you are just going to be hovering around five hundred. Anthony Richardson is someone who you pick if you think this guy can win Super Bowls for us. This is, and and not just we can win a Super Bowl with him on the roster, but he can win Super Bowls for us. That's how they will look at it. And if we find in ten years time Anthony Richardson is one of the top five quarterbacks in the league, I won't be like, oh well, no one could have seen this coming. If he's out of football in five years, I don't think anyone's going to say, "Oh, nobody could have seen this coming." Mm. If he is just a plodding guy, like, yeah, he's okay, then I'll be surprised. Well, it's the old, like,
0: it's the old Toby and Will Bailey bit in from the West Wing. They're talking about Bob Russell, the VP. Not the worst, not the best, just what we're stuck with. <laughs> just, yeah, he's so unremarkable. That's what. That's what we got. Uh, so I, I like that. Okay, Actually, yep. that takes us nicely now into. Our first question of the show, because only three quarterbacks going in the first round. And as you've already alluded to, the guy, and there's almost always one every year, the Brady Quinn, the falling from grace, awful, heart-wrenching picks. I don't care, unless the guy's a complete, you know, he's a complete schmuck and uh, you've got the context there. Then it is—it's horrible to watch. It just gets worse every year because of the attention on the draft. But Will Levis is that guy, right? So Rakesh has asked a question many of us are asking, and, and as I suggested at the top, you'll know probably by the time a lot of you listen to this. But I'm interested: where do you think he might land? Just give us a kind of speculative hot take that's going to date ridiculously, <laughs> but also more importantly, the first part of this question: what happened? Why didn't anyone take him round one? Um. It,
1: it seemed like for once, general managers were looking at quarterbacks and thinking, this guy's not a day one player and he's got an injury. Maybe we don't use a first round draft pick on him. And usually there's at least one general manager that's like, I don't care. I don't, I don't care that this guy's really limited. I don't care that there's red flags. I don't care that he's injured. Let's just pick him. We've got to have a quarterback. Didn't happen common sense prevailed and i was um I was, you know, I was doing this show live with will gavin on uh talk sport last night and he said to me just before the start of the draft um at what point do you think we'll have four quarterbacks taken and i said uh 20 and he said like really as high as that And i said well then i started doubting myself thinking oh well you know i know what general managers are like so yeah, it'll I probably be the first half. will get into probably your probably head, Ben. You should have stuck to your guns there. And, and he said, I think I think it's going to be the first four. And when... What? He um, said that he thought it's going to be quarterback, 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 quarterback. Yeah, not not because he was a huge fan of Will Levis, but just because general managers will be like that. And just, you know, there were people, like, you don't have to put much stock in it, but there were people saying, oh yeah, the Panthers want Will Levis at number one. Like, there are people who, there are some people who are out there who believe in that. We saying now, that? There were i mean i mean wow. idiots okay. idiots Yeah, but this was this was you know this, this is was the like
0: trouble, a rubble though it's almost yeah. as, it's almost as bad as the maybe sometimes worse i think the draft compared to the super bowl hyperbole because all you get and we talk about it a lot on the show we are lucky gang to have the likes of ben around because he knows his stuff he studies game film he watches college week in week out year round knows his stuff and that is why he is our resident college expat, and of course, an all pro member of the of the squad. But there are plenty of plenty of people in a professional capacity, may I add, that tell you they don't about these players. They don't because they haven't. They've seen that thirty seconds, five minutes of game film, and that's why I think we get these absurd takes. All right, so it kind of makes sense. I understand what you're saying. That actually, this typical panic buy and you end up with quarterbacks you're not really sure about, but the best there is, and we need a quarterback. That didn't happen this time. Do you want to just give us a quick one-word answer that will date? Spectacular, um, where he's going to go, where he's going to land? Los Angeles Rams. The Rams, I see a lot of buzz about that. All right, we'll come back to it. will see if you're right. I think you might be. Um, so only three quarterbacks go. Let's look at teams then that we particularly like what they did, other than the ones we've already mentioned. Philly seemed to be everybody's darlings forever, perennially in terms of front office, right? And they've landed another A-star grade because they've got Jalen Carter. Now, the Bears could have taken him at 10, Ben, but they didn't. They went with Darnell Wright. Jalen Carter, just to recap for listeners, uh, incredible talent, lot of off-the-field issues, right? So there's character yes. concerns about him. How how high a risk do you think that makes him as a pick
1: so i think it depends on the landing spot right so i think for the bears it was a very risky pick and here's why you've got a general manager who is relatively new it would be his first ever first round pick that he's made bringing someone into a locker room where you are trying to build a culture and trying to bring in leaders right so if you've got someone who is a high risk guy who could be a character issue could be a problem in the locker room which has been a little bit it's like he's had his issues at georgia i mean he's known for at times being quite immature around the team and the this has frustrated some people if you bring him into something that you where you are trying to build from the like from the ground up that might be a massive risk the eagles locker room is different that is a much more established uh established locker room that's a team that is already building on success. They were obviously in the Super Bowl and they are looking to return. They're putting strength on strength and he will come into that locker room and instead of it being, right, you're the guy, we're putting you on a pedestal. It's, right, we've got the best uh, defensive line in football. You are part of that. You need to fit in. Here are the leaders of the locker room. Listen to them. Don't do stupid things, which it's harder to do when, you, when your roster is thinner. So I think for the Bears, it's a really high risk. I think for the Eagles, it's a calculated risk. Mm. So I think it was clear in the end that the Bears had no interest at any point in taking Jalen Carter. I don't think that was a decision they were making on the day. They decided, nope, not for us. And I imagine they were getting some calls at number nine, where the Bears were. Eagles were one of them. And the Bears thought, okay, we'll drop down one. We know who we want. We'll we'll take a late round pick, and we'll let someone else deal with Jalen Carter. Now the thing is, Jalen Carter could be a generational guy, mm. and I think, What's I, your think gut? I think it's more likely that he will be a, a a success, and the character issues won't be an issue. That's my that's my gut. I think the Eagles did absolutely the right thing for them. I think I, I I would have liked the Bears to take him, but it was it was a it was a massive risk, and I can see absolutely why they didn't. I think the Eagles had an absolutely outstanding draft and Jalen carter i i think he's going to be a superstar what do you think of the bears pick um (laughs) underwhelming um now the thing is is that i feel like if you're picking in the top 10 and you are picking a right guard that doesn't feel like a premium a right tackle sorry if if you're picking that in the top 10 i think you want someone who's a bit more of an impact player but it's clear the the front office were absolutely in love with him. And the guy is the guy's a beast. It's Darnell Wright from, from Tennessee. An absolute beast. His best game film um from this season was against Alabama, where he was directly opposite Will Anderson and he kept Will Anderson just quiet the entire game. Like that that's how good Darnell Wright is. But it's whether they probably could have traded down a bit more and just accumulated some more late late picks and still Got him. I've seen that. There's been a lot of criticism of this pick. I've seen it get really low grades. I think. I think it's harsh because he is. He's a very like he he plays kind of he plays nasty. He's a very violent blocker, which I love. And from from the sounds of things, the Bears feel that he is the perfect scheme fit for the way they want to play more so than other offensive linemen who are on the board. And if you if you go back and watch the the pressure that Justin Fields was getting, he was getting a hell of a lot from the right. And I know mm-hmm. that obviously left tackle is considered to be the premium position there. Sometimes when you've got a quarterback who is moving around as much, the left tackle doesn't become more important than the right tackle. So if Fields is not feeling all that pressure from the right, then that's 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 a win for the Bears because this clearly this draft will be a lot about helping Justin Fields. It's why they got DJ Moore and that's why they got done all right. It's just not an exciting pick. I think it's going to be one that we'll look back on and say, yeah, they got that right, actually.
0: Okay. So let's go next to another question from uh, our Twitter handle at like the NC Show. I referenced it. Uh, actually, I think I mentioned it already with you and Chalmers. Did the Lions reach twice? So let's talk about what the Lions did, right? So, and actually, here's the other question I, I want to pick up on from Luke on Twitter. Puts it pretty succinctly. What in the blue hell were the Lions playing at? So just to recap this business, they traded six in the first and the 81st pick to the cards. They got back the 12th, then the 34th in this year, and a fifth. And they took the second best running back in this draft class. But as you talked about on last week's College Days, a massive drop-off from BJ Robinson. To him so what were they thinking first of all i've put the case for he's their guy he can catch out of the backfield it they like the fit even the swifts in that i know swiss had injury issues but it's not as if they have some gaping hole in the running back room right no they They also they've got david montgomery now as well montgomery of course too right so what's the you don't want to defend us at all do you think this is absolutely balmy?
1: yeah this is complete madness now um, you know, you made a joke about Phantom um, Leap. The thing is, is that if you were in, say, the late 80s, early 90s, and all of a sudden you were thrust into... I'm general manager of the Detroit Lions in the 2023 draft. What are important positions? I need a running back and I need a linebacker because this is 1989, goddammit, and you need to build around those positions. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah. it's 2023, guys. Don't draft running backs in the first round unless you think, oh this guy is going to be an all pro this guy is going to be someone this it, it's got to be it's got to be like a saquon barkley mm. it's got to be um a dalvin it's got to be that level it's number 12 number 12 they took jamar gibbs at number 12 i cannot i i was absolutely lost for words on the radio last night i didn't know whether to feel angry that this had happened like what lions fans Will should have been going into this draft with so much optimism. The way that last season went, and maybe I'm completely wrong, and maybe Jamar Gibbs is going to be a Saquon Barkley. What's his What's his upside? Give me a player that I mean. Does he have the potential
0: to be a Barkley, to be a prime era Zeke, or is he? He's not that kind of player,
1: is he? No, I just i I I don't. Gurley is he a is he Todd Gurley level upside? I think I think they'd probably settle. If he's if he's a if he's a Todd Gurley, I don't see the. I think, man, I I don't even know. I okay, here's a
0: here's a question for you. Let's say let's say he projects like early era well, Gurley only played about five years, but let's you know early era Rams peak Gurley, and therefore they get three years out of him. Hits the ground, <laughs> yeah, I'll say it. Hits the ground running, and is at that level in those 3 years and it helps the lions make solid playoff runs i'm not going to go as far as it gets them to the super bowl but they turn into it help they th- those team that that team at the moment was a huge amount of potential right and it they could roll into playoff contenders over the next couple of years if he does that as the 12th overall pick given the fact they dealt around a bit
1: will that not represent a successful pick i mean Maybe, but only if you feel that they could never have done that with Swift or Montgomery, and that they had no other holes to fill on the on the roster. Like this was, I'm very confident that they could have got Jamere Gibbs in the in the second round, and I I totally get the with idea. The thirty fourth
0: not... pick is that that is that the big issue? Oh, the fact they I, did that. I
1: would... Yeah, I'd be amazed if he wasn't available at number thirty-four. I think they could probably really because I saw back. some boards. Ha- I thought they
0: were talking, and we haven't made the point that Bijan went. What did he go eight in the end? Was it eight? Yeah, um,
1: probably which, too high, but yeah.
0: Well, well on that, actually, I want to go. Stephen asked me, "Is Nat pleased that a running back went in the first round? Is that a cost of move?" Uh, I don't like it, Stephen. I absolutely love it. I love uh, Bijan Robinson is going to be one of my favorite players from this draft. I am flying the flag for generation of running back talent. Take him high. He's going to be a heavy. I love the fact he's gone to the Falcons as well. I think that's a great fit for him. Coaching wise, I think he's going to get a lot of love, uh,
1: and a, a lot of focus, I should say, to be precise. Love it. Okay, and I and I love Bijan Robinson, and he is clearly the best running back in this draft, and he is clearly one of the most talented players in this draft. Mm. It's just yeah. that. Like, okay, let's take Bijan out of this because I think he is one of those, he is a Zeke, he is a Saquon, he is a Dalvin. But generally, if you're going for the tier below, those players are available in like rounds two, three, four. We see it all the time. You don't need to draft a running back and feel like here's our franchise running back. You draft a running back and think, okay, we'll get this guy for four years and then we'll draft his replacement. That's how you do it. That's the financial way to do it. B. John Robinson, I love him. I get it. I'm not going to criticise that pick. Maybe I don't feel he was a like top 10 value, even though he might be top 10 talent. But there was no running back close to being value in the first round, let alone number 12. Absolutely wild. And then to take yeah, like so maybe the Hamilton. third or fourth best linebacker. It's a backer. In, like,
0: is he? I mean, uh, but if he's your guy, if you like him character wise, you think he's gonna be you system wise, you like what he does, what he offers for what you've got around him, isn't there an argument to say, yeah, okay, he's not as talented as
1: this guy, but he's a better fit for us than this guy? I mean, yeah, there is def- there is definitely an argument. And you could you could say the same about about the Bears pick, that okay, there are there is there are offensive linemen rank higher, but he's the fit. But I think offensive line or quarterback that that is a much more important thing than like taking Jack Campbell the linebacker from linebacker from Iowa who is one of the better linebackers he's not a first round talent and taking a running back these are not premium positions these are positions you've just got to be patient and wait even if you think oh I love this guy you need to love more than two guys you know and you've got to get better value they could have they could have traded they could have traded down Gone back a bit and still got these guys because, like, people were not <laughs> lusting after Jack. Campbell. I wish they made another deal and taken a kicker. In the- I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah, I, I, I might team. have liked that more than these picks. Wow. Bite right. talk from Benny. Benny from the block. I, f- I feel bad for the Lions fans. They've gone through so much nonsense. And if this puts them back, how frustrating. Is that.
0: Look on that's... the upside says We'll get Maric on. Got to, we haven't caught up with Maric for a while. So I have to get it. He's going to hate it. I guess you. i going to message him in a bit. But no, I bet he hates it. The Hawks took uh, Devin Witherspoon. You said he was the best corner in the draft. So smart. Am I right?
1: I did remember that, right? You said yeah, was... yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Devin, Devin Witherspoon. I absolutely love. I love. Um, I think the Seahawks, the Seahawks had a really, a really great day. They should be, they should be very pleased because um Devin Witherspoon I feel was the best cornerback and they also drafted Jackson Smith and jigba who I feel is the best wide receiver in this draft and I've said it's not a great year for wide receivers but he's he's my favorite and having two picks in the top 20 and getting those guys who should be like day one starters people who are really going to contribute I feel that perhaps between them them the Eagles and the Texans those are the ones I I like the most not just because they had two picks but I feel they used those two picks really well
0: so, you like what the Hawks did, but the Packers.
1: So, Mike McBride's
0: message is Hey, Mike, with the Packers picking Hercules instead of quite literally any offensive player in the first round, how bad do you expect them to be offensively this year? So, Jordan Love getting rather ironically the Aaron Rodgers treatment, right? From the Packers, so when went <laughs> yeah. defensive lineman over either receive or protection for that matter as well. Uh, what are we making what
1: the Packers did? Uh I, I got I saw some I saw some meme that was like Aaron Rodgers uh, saying to Jordan Love, like, first time, huh? So we have experience being like, Yeah, I'm the starting quarterback. Oh, they're not gonna go offense. I I've seen a lot of criticism of this pick. Now I like Lucas Van Ness, um, mm-hmm. who's a very effective edge rusher. One of the knocks you'll see on him, and please just ignore this, because I I keep seeing this. Oh, he's not, he wasn't even a starter at Iowa. He wasn't a starter. It was just the way they used rotation. He was he was doing he was on the field for so many snaps. He wasn't a backup. Being set, when you hear like he's not a starter, that sounds like he was a backup. He wasn't a backup. Should they have gone offense? Maybe. Like Jordan Love is really going to need some help, but it's not as I've said. It wasn't a good one for pass catchers. I don't think you know. Once B. John Robinson's gone, and you're not after a quarterback. In terms of skill positions, I don't know what else you were gonna you were, you would go for.
0: So Ooh, okay, on that then, I want to ask you because you very eloquently outlined the depth of this year's tight end class on a previous show. <laughs> Yet it was Dalton Kincaid, the first tight end to go at 25. Are you surprised at that? Are you surprised you didn't go higher that others didn't go higher, or is your argument There's a lot of goodens and you will see rounds two, three, a a stack of them going, but there wasn't really any ultra Kittle-esque elite player.
1: Um, I think, I think it's a bit of both. I can see, I can see that people would feel, well, look, okay. um, It's a pretty consistent um, selection of players. We don't have to get one of the top two, but I really thought we would see at least two taken and Dalton Kincaid falling to the bills is just lovely for the bills. Like that's, that's a great fit. It's a great fit for them. A great fit for me. Imagine him going, he's going into that offense. Like, Oh, you know, meet Josh Allen, meet a great Mm -hmm. wide receiver room. This is, this is going to work out nicely. I think we're going to see, I I think we're going to look back and say, this is a, this was a great year for tight ends. But if you just look at this first round in isolation, you think, Oh, was there just one guy, but like um, Michael Mayer, the, uh, the tight end from Notre Dame, I really thought he would go, first round we had that run of like like four wide receivers in a row and i was thinking well show the tight ends some love because the 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 guys available are you know you got to think of them as like pass catchers you know put in mentally put the wide receivers and the tight ends together because these guys are people who you, you will use a lot and they aren't just they're blocking these are people who are going to make an impact in the passing game so yeah i was a bit surprised there was only one um but dalton kincaid is he's lucked out what a Ooh. great spot for him the other position you said, huge amount of depth, cornerback, of course. So we
0: mentioned the Hawks making their play at five to get with a spoon or to, to get with a spoon at five. Uh, and then there was a run on them, starting with the Commanders taking Emmanuel Forbes, the Patriots going corner, taking Christian Gonzalez. And then the Giants made a move to get Deontay Banks. Uh, and there's a question on that in particular from Chris. And it's a kind of using that example to leverage the the wider question. I'm really interested to hear what you think about this, Benny. He asked which trade up made the least sense. And on that giants trade, he said, I'm a giants fan and not sure that giving up two picks to move up one spot for a cornerback when that was arguably the stronger position depth wise on the board. Now, I went through those other picks, a, just to update you on where everyone landed. And quick line from you on on those other corners, Ben. But to the point: yes, it was a lot of depth, but a lot of the good guys had gone already. So they want, they obviously want to strengthen there. So Giants move, given what they gave up to Jacksonville,
1: did it make sense? Yeah, I think I think it did. I don't think it was a huge amount. And if they it, like, it is a deep it is a deep cornerback class, but there is going to be a drop off and i think they kind of they got the, they got the last top end one so i think i think they did the right thing and i i think he's the sort of player who as the season goes on i don't think there will be complaints about what they gave up because clearly when when a team moves up one spot it isn't because they're worried that that team that they're trading with is going to take the player because if that if that team wants the player they're going to take the player it's because there were other teams making those calls and it's not just you saying, Oh, I'll give you this for this. And that team saying, Oh, okay. It's they're saying, Oh, well, team A says, they'll give us this. So your team B, can you beat that? It's, you know, it's all part of the, it's all part of the poker game. Right. So I think, I think it's fine because that run on quarterback cornerbacks, someone was going to take that last one there. And the giants clearly wanted to be that team.
0: Uh, so quick line on Forbes and Gonzalez who went ahead of him. A lot of buzz about Gonzalez going to Belichick. That seems to be a pick that people like.
1: Oh yeah. I I they could have had him they could have had him earlier, and I was thinking like, oh, they might have messed up here because Chris you know, Christian Gonzalez, someone's gonna take him and they'll regret not taking him and they traded back and they they still got him. Um that's they had a, they had a need there. And they got outstanding value because they they came out of the they came out the first day of the draft with a top end player filling a glaring need and ended up accumulating some later draft picks, which Bill Belichick loves. Um, I think Gonzalez is probably the second best really behind. So were you behind surprised Washington
0: him? took because to your point, obviously, with the deal they did with Pittsburgh, Washington to your other point about it's not always the team ahead of you that might take that player, but they took a quarter, but they took Forbes. So. Surprised. Yeah. And I,
1: yeah. I was surprised because I feel that Gonzalez is better. Um, and like Forbes is a really great, uh, really great cover guy. And I think, I think the, the commanders fans are going to, gonna love him, but just, he doesn't have the, like the physical gifts of Gonzalez. And I do wonder if the Patriots, were worried that Gonzalez was going to go to Washington, whether they were very confident they'd heard that no, they're in love with Forbes. We can sit here and take him, whether, whether the whether Bill Belichick thought, you know what, Forbes or Gonzalez, I love both. I'll take whoever falls to us. And it ends up being that guy. I think uh, part of me feels that the S the commanders should have taken Gonzalez, but it's not a massive drop-off. And if Forbes is the guy they they preferred over Gonzalez, then then i respect that but he's he's a he's a he's just a bit skinny and that and that worries me but he's he's quick and he's got he's he's very long he's got a lot of reach but he's he's really good okay so back to the
0: original question from chris which trade up made the least sense if you don't think it was the giants making that move to pick up um giante banks then to, to, did any make well i guess one of them has to make the least sense but
1: are you, were you okay with all of them or did one did yeah stand I, yeah out? no no i was okay with all of them i think they all they all made a, a certain amount of sense i don't think i don't think any team really gave up a haul to do something stupid um i think i was i was i was fine with it all apart the, from the, detroit well yeah i mean those those decisions baffled me in that like who they picked but it wasn't it wasn't kind of like why would you why would you give up so much to kind of move up those those spots it felt more like the selections rather than Got the it. kind of the, the trade difference.
0: okay so to wrap things up, we've talked about quite a lot of teams that you like what they did we've mentioned one or two mm, slightly head scratching. any other hot takes that we haven't covered Benny? From the draft anything that you feel strongly about based on raiders? um
1: yeah i feel the i feel the raiders really reached with tyree wilson um i feel they were there were better rushes um and you know christian gonzalez would have been a great a great fit for them as well i mean he's a great really because real, well a lot of, so
0: just to clarify that one Wilson went seventh overall to, to the raiders the texas tech edge rusher a lot of buzz about him though going into it
1: you think it's a reach yeah i mean i just thought they were they were i mean they could have taken Jalen Carter, like yeah, and, yeah. You know, maybe you know, maybe that's just a, a risk that they they didn't want to take. But I mean, in terms of in terms of talent, if you were going to go with if you were going to go with an Jalen Carter in Vegas, I think. <laughs> I, I mean, there, they're going to always have that problem, aren't they? There is there is that there is that downside. Um. So yeah, I, I, I didn't love that. I don't, I don't love the Falcons taking Bijan Robinson at number eight. Um. I feel that they possibly could have traded down, but. I, he is, a, he is a top 10 player. He is a top 10 player. Um, I just, I just don't know. I th- I think they're going to be fun to watch. And the thing is, I, I heard lots of people saying, oh, you know, they should be in the quarterback market. I really don't know. I really think they've got to give Desmond Ritter a chance. And what better way to give him a chance than right. to have the, the, the players that they're putting around him? Like, I kept saying about Daniel Jones, right? I don't believe in Daniel Jones and I still don't believe in Daniel Jones. But, the Giants were clearly trying to see if he was that guy. They were going to try to give him as much help as possible and see, and see what could happen. And I feel that's what the Falcons are doing with Desmond Ritter. So I think if Falcon fans, and maybe this will date really badly, if Falcon fans are thinking, okay, we need to take our quarterback in the future in this draft. I don't think they're going to. And the fact that they prioritized running back over anything else is, is kind of fascinating. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch. And B. John Robinson is a special player, but he's still a running back, guys. I love it. Yeah, I told you that. I
0: love it, and I don't care. I think he's going to dominate for the next five years. I think it's a great pick. I also think you have now nailed on the Falcons making moves and taking. We'll leave us in the second in the second round, but forget what? the Rams. But it's 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 destiny now. They're taking a quarterback up. You said that.
1: Yeah, and I'm fascinated to see who's going to take Hendon Hooker, who I think oh, yeah, of course is a is a better player than Will Levis, but isn't potentially a better prospect because of the fact he's coming off the back of a serious injury. I think he'll I think he'll get taken by the end of the third round at least, uh, because someone's someone is going to be watching his game tape and falling in love with him and thinking, okay, we've done our medical assessments at the combine, and he can be a quarterback of the future for us. He's older than a lot of these other guys. But that's that's somewhere to really look out for.
0: We have got to do our own NC show medical assessments on you, bed, because you've been up for 29 (laughs) hours straight. You've had 44 cups of coffee, God knows how many Red Bulls. We've got to get you some care and attention and get you some rest so you can get ready to do it all again. Round two, and of course, all the rest. So go get some chill, go hang out. Mm. What are you going to do? We get it. What was did we work out what was on? Spotify that went off. We might. I don't know whether Oli's kept this in the in the uh, show. Uh, probably would have edited if Oli's paying any attention to us at all, which re- he rarely does. He would have probably edited that out. But uh, if, if it has been cut out, your Spotify went off in the other room, blaring out. What track was it? Have we worked out
1: the mystery yet? So it's certainly not no playlist of mine. It was completely in Spanish. That's, that's like, surreal. and I don't think that's sleep deprivation because I am trying to learn Spanish. Um, I definitely recognize it as Spanish. It was something in Sp- something up tempo in Spanish. That is all I can tell you. It is it is a mystery in the Isaac's household how that how that happened. But there will be, you know, much like there's, you know, they'll they'll probe these players in the combine and ask them a lot of questions. I will be sitting my daughter down and asking a lot of questions. I think how- you I think you should really drill down on that.
0: What I think we'll need to do is uh, give the Guru Sandrini a shout. Now, I mean, as far as I know, he's in. The far-flung reaches of the globe in some Buddhist monastery, um, maybe unreachable, but provided we can get hold of him, he'll give you some very good relaxation techniques so you can mm. them, get yourself reset, light some candles, get the guru on the case. Incidentally, we're going to have the guru back on the show soon. We're going to be starting to look ahead already, <laughs> particularly post-draft, to your drafts uh, and fantasy for the next season. We've got some very exciting news regarding kind of tease it a little bit regarding uh maintaining shall we say one of our key partnerships on the show so uh that is all going to be announced very very soon and it's a nice way to wrap things up you're a legend benny thank you for dropping by and doing this giving us your insight getting us up to speed on round one we're going to check in with you i'm sure very very soon when we can look at the draft in totality but go get some rest look after yourself bud and
1: check in soon. Uh- well thank you so much and just a, a quick mention for anyone who is unaware pre-orders are now available for the American Football Revolution that is now out if you if you check me out on Twitter at um, tweets from Ben and you look at the pinned tweet um you'll see various places you can pre-order but you can go on Amazon Waterstones WH Smith um, bookshop.org um others. Search for the American Football Revolution. It's out in August. Get the pre-orders in now. I know that the way that it works on Amazon, that if you get a good amount of pre-orders at the beginning, it really helps visibility on the site. So when people are searching for other NFL books, it's it will suggest the American Football Revolution, which, if you don't know, is a book about basically the history of NFL fans in the UK. And so it's about the sort of people who are listening to this. Um, I'm sure that everyone who reads the book will see some of themselves in the people I've spoken to. They'll feel like, yeah, that was my experience. That's how I got into it. That's what I love about it. Those are the things that I've done because we're all we're all a pretty kind of close-knit community, but we've got different stories to tell. And this will take you through from 1982 when it first appeared on Channel 4 through to the current day. I honestly think, and I'm not just saying this, although I would say it anyway, even if I thought it was rubbish, I think people are gonna absolutely love it because when I've had to reread it for like when the editor sent it back and all this, I've just en- re- really enjoyed reliving all these people's stories and taking us taking us through those years. And it's it's not credit to me, it's credit to the, the fascinating people I was able to talk to, including you Nat, of course. I thought we were gonna go um, fascinating people and you Nat. Are there lots oh, of, no, are no. There lots of pictures? Uh, no there are absolutely no pictures that was a deliberate that was a deliberate choice it was, you know, it was interesting like when I was having to um coordinate with the cover of the book and even my wife was saying don't you want like a star player on the cover of the book I'm like no because it's not about the star players I want the fans on the cover I wanted to see all these people at Wembley it's it's about them there's no single player that that created this situation it wasn't Tom Brady it wasn't William Perry it was it was all of you it's the people it's the people listening. To this so i think you're going to really enjoy it. there's never been a book about nfl fans in the uk before so i mean i'm never going to make a whole lot of money out of this this book is definitely not going to make me rich but i i hope that enough of you buy it and enjoy it that you will appreciate even more the nfl fan community in the uk because it is absolutely special it is a passionate speech benny and
0: uh and justifiably so we're going to put a link to that pre-order in the show notes as well so we'll push it out on social but if you wherever you're listening to the show however you're listening to it check the show notes and you'll find a link to it in there if that isn't in there then blame propo because it means again he hasn't listened to anything we told him and we'll put it into the next one. but i'm pretty sure it will be i'm pretty sure it'll be there that's how you pre-order go show ben and indeed the book some love get behind it we're going to be behind it we're going to talk about it And as the the build-up to the launch we'll get into it we'll probably do a spec i think we should do a special uh an yeah, special yeah, yeah. on the maybe get some of the some of the guys uh on that you interviewed that would be lovely yeah that's a great okay. idea let's do it I- i'm mike with a forward as well
1: uh that must have had pictures i know i'm Mike he would have oh <laughs> i i, I- I'm mike's Iron and mike forward is so great it's probably worth the price of admission by itself That when when he when he wrote that for me and he sent it over and i read it and i thought he's absolutely nailed it it's it's Absolutely wonderful. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spoil any of it. But you know, Carlson is iconic for UK fans, and I couldn't think of another American. I wanted someone who was basically an outsider, someone who wasn't a UK NFL fan as the forward. But I needed someone who really, really understood the fan community, and I don't think anybody would know that better than better than he does. God bless him. Yeah, hey, God, we
0: love him. We love him
1: even if he drives us mad. We love him.
0: And he writes bloody well brilliant really um, uh, uh, almost as well as you Benny <laughs> okay. yeah. and tweet through Ben is how you get uh, how you follow the, uh, Ben on Twitter uh, lots more draft intel coming your way via his Twitter feed so make sure you get on that and get on our subscription if you haven't already and that way every episode of the NC show drops into your podcatcher of choice automatically simple as that look after yourself bud check it soon cheers Good night. Podcast Network.